Welcome to Worth Reading Wednesdays here at the Columbus Lounge Public Library System. This is a podcast hosted by CLPLS librarians about books we're reading and recommending and anything else that has caught our attention. My name is Tori. I'm the children and teen librarian here at the Columbus Lounge Public Library. And I have with me. <laughs> They're going to get so used to me giggling after you say that every time you start the show. I, I like that you giggle. It's like <laughs> you're tickled. I am. All right. My name is Nicole and I am the acquisitions and cataloging coordinator here at the Columbus Lounge Public Library. Woo. Yo, did y'all catch our show last week? If you didn't, you missed out on a treat. We had Mona Vance Ali. It was a, a dive into the Hot Mess Express of Lowndes County history. Yeah. And Catherine out here showing out. I know, right? She, I liked her. I'm she still, was... I still want to know how old boy knew that she had frostbite toes. <laughs> now, you know she probably has sandals. Well, no, she might not have had sandals on. Let me tell you what. <laughs> A whole romance novel has been formed in my brain. Because, you know, there could be something very, very innocent about why he knew she had right frostbitten toes. But my brain said, <laughs> <laughs> let's make a romance book. Of course. Yes, yes. Well, this is our last episode of the Black History Month selections that we've chosen in regards to black authors or black characters Mm -hmm. or people of color so i've got some new stuff like hot off the press new not even off the cataloging cart no they have not even been cataloged they just came in today so they are hot sizzling sizzling hot and i've got two different ones i've got a graphic Mm -hmm. novel and i have a regular book so the first one that i want to mention is called the great is the graphic novel and it's called the black panther party a graphic novel history you see that artwork girl i was looking through it i saw it on the circulation desk downstairs and Mm -hmm. i flipped myself through it a little bit i giggled at the illustration of herbert hoover because he got some chins man (laughs) (laughs) well this is by david f walker and marcus kwame anderson and because i don't want to do what you do the colorist and letterer, letterer. I was about to say letterer, letterer, letterer. The colorist and letterer is Marcus Kwame Anderson, and the assistant colorist is Alexandra Bachelor, and that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say what it was painted or done with. So on the front of the cover, it does have Huey Newton in his infamous rat, uh, rattan chair. That back in the day, we used to joke about that every black household just about had this rattan chair. So he's he's sitting in, and it's an infamous picture. I mean, that's that's well well known and well observed on the internet. If you type in Huey Newton, that picture is probably going to come up with him sitting in that chair. But I love the artwork on the front because of the fact that it's got this gorgeous black woman in the middle with her long earrings and her African wear on and this gorgeous tanned afro. Yeah, I think it speaks back to the the picture book I brought of I think it was two weeks ago when you mm-hmm. ha- we were talking about it and Clara was with us and you had said that you liked the way the texture of the hair was really defined and I think the colorist yeah. did a really good job 
just looking at the cover alone, I can't yeah. tell you much about going inside, but I feel right. like the colors really exaggerated the co- the shading so that the texture could be seen. Right. Well, one thing I did want to mention about the Black Panther Party in it, in and of itself, media portrayed it quite a bit back in the day that it was, you know, that black people were rising up against everybody else and they were becoming militant when in reality the Black Panther Party was a way to uplift the black people and to foster some uh, form of community amongst each other. But just to make you understand a little bit more, I just wanted to read off their 10-point program. I'm just going to read the bold face what each one says. Okay. So, one, we want freedom. We want power to determine the destiny of our black community. Two, we want full employment for our people. Three, we want an end to the robbery by the white man of our black community. We want decent housing fit for shelter of human beings. We want education for our people that exposes the true nature of this decadent American society. We want education that teaches us our true history and our role in the present day society. Number six, we want all black men to be exempt from military service. Number seven, we want an immediate end to police brutality and murder of black people. Eight, we want freedom for all black men held in federal, state, county, and city prisons and jails. Number nine, we want all black people when brought to trial to be tried in court by a jury of their peer group or people from their black communities as defined by the Constitution of the United States. And lastly, number 10, we want land, bread, housing, education, clothing, justice, and peace. So that was the 10-point program that the Black Panther focused on. And when I say the artwork is just, I mean, it's a matte page, which we've talked about before as far as in the difference between matte and glossy mm-hmm. pages. And so I just think the I artwork is... I can smell that book from here. It smells so fresh and, <laughs> and so clean. Right. Like, Girl, it was right off right off the presses. Like, oh my goodness. Yeah. And the shading. Look, that's the one. Oh, that's the one with J. Edgar Hoover. Yeah. Yeah, you can see that chin underneath there. So, I mean, it's... it does a really good job of depicting some of the main people who were involved with the Black Panther Party as far as in like their coloring and their likeness to each other, like to Huey, to Bobby Seale, some of the more prominent Black Panthers. And uh, so this is just a really nice graphic novel. It's a graphic novel history kind of thing. But um, Is that looks going good. in the graphic novel section? It will go into the regular graphic novel section. I would have yes. to say as like a frequent consumer of graphic novels, mm-hmm. one thing I noticed is the, it looks like the colorists really understand lighting and the, the tone that can be produced by using which colors. Mm-hmm. I noticed that in moments of violence, as you were flipping through, it was darker, it was red. Mm-hmm. It, it was using those colors that we associate with those kinds of moods. Right. Whereas in the daytime, they use a lot of light blues. When they were introducing a new member of the Black Panther Party, it was like a canvas khaki color to right. kind of set them in the foreground. Right. And as somebody who reads graphic novels, I really appreciate somebody... Like, I appreciate artists who understand the colors and how they affect the reader. Right, so. exactly. Yeah. I will say that, actually, let me backtrack. You asked me, was this going to be in the actual graphic novel section? It kind of depends because I haven't cataloged it yet. It depends on if they're going to categorize it as fiction, which they may not. If they don't, it'll be in the 
nonfiction section of the graphic novel section. So yeah, that's what I assumed yeah. it would be in. But sometimes they don't. Like, for instance, you mentioned March by John Lewis. His graphic novels were considered to be history history. So when I got ready to catalog them, they were already cataloged by the Library of Congress as being nonfiction. Whereas I've had some other historical, like, almost like, graphic novels that have been considered fiction. Okay. So I won't know until I actually pull up the record. The record. Gotcha. But that was The Black Panther Party by David F. Walker and colorist letterer Marcus Kwame Anderson, a graphic novel history. Pretty cool. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. So the second one is actually pretty high on the list as far as in new releases and people really picking it up. So let me just go ahead and tell you the name of the book. It's called Yellow Wife, a novel by Sadiqa Johnson. And the cover is still just gorgeous. This beautiful black woman in a beautiful yellow gown with her skirt kind of fading away to show a plantation, I'm assuming. And it's, it's really, really beautiful. And it is about a young lady named Phoebe Dolores Brown. She is born on a plantation in Charles City, Virginia. But she's shielded by her mother's position as the medicine woman. And she is cherished by the master's sister, who basically sets her apart from the others, okay? Basically, she's not belonging to any world, the one that involves with her mother or even the one with the master's sister. Anyway, she'd been promised freedom on her 18th birthday, but instead of this wonderful life she imagined with her true love, Phoebe is forced to leave the only home she has ever known. And she is unexpectedly finds herself thrust into the bowels of slavery at this particular jail in Richmond called the Devil's Half Acre, um, where she, I don't really want to read that particular part, but just know that everything that is entailed with slavery is brought upon her. And so trigger warnings for slavery violence and things Definitely a trigger warning. But not only is she subjected to her jailer's cruelty, but also his contradictions. So in order to survive, Phoebe's going to have to do like a lot of other slaves. She's going to have to find the best way to outwit him. Mm. So I'd love to know, in a, in a sense, how this yellow dress is going to come alive within this book. I'd love to be able to know that. But it is reaching the charts as being a, a really good bestseller. It just came out and it's it has a lot of reviews on it as far as in uh, five-star reviews. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a historical fiction, slavery and plantation life related. And it's called Yellow Wife by Sadiqa Johnson. And I think y'all might like it mm-hmm. if you like historical fiction. So pick that up. So what you got, girl? Since Ooh. I done brought the... It seems like I brought everybody down. I'm sorry. No, you and Brian brought you down. <laughs> I got some... I got some goodies. You got some goodies? Good. So, I have a two for. Okay. A two for one. A A two two for for one. one. Okay. Okay. So, these these are my new books. I'll I'll say the caveat is my two for I have not read. But I picked these up because I went to the Mississippi Library Association Conference. And I sat in on an author session. And the author of these books is actually a two-mom team. One's a mom of color. One's a white uh, mom. And Mm -hmm. they really noticed as they were looking for books for their kids in libraries and stores Mm -hmm. there's not I mean obviously we're seeing more of it now but at this 
at the time that they had thought this up, they, they didn't see anything really that reflected just middle grade black boys in middle mm-hmm. grade literature. Like, they mm-hmm. didn't see it. Yeah. And so they set out, and like, well, we see this gap. We're going to fill it like women do, you know? Yeah, of course. And so they came up with Big Monty. <laughs> and Big Monty is... He's just your average, you know, he's just your average middle school boy. He's, he's got his own thing. Like, mom, mom, too cool. And so the first one is, I believe it's the first one. I could have the order switched. I've done that before Mm -hmm. on the, in the past and didn't realize it till I went back and edited the podcast episode that I used the wrong one. And so I said, that was with the golden arcade series. I was Mm -hmm. so sad at myself. (laughs) But anyways, Neither here nor there. There's mm-hmm. Big Monty and the Lunatic Lunch Lady, and then there's Big Monty and the Cyborg Substitute. Can I say that Monty's afro is so fly? <laughs> OMG. Right? I love it. Yes. Oh, my goodness. And the Lunatic Lunch Lady. Oh, come on with the alliteration. And they're small chapter books. They have illustrations on every single page. Chapter okay. one of the Lunatic Lunch Lady is fifth grade homies and one dumb name. Aww. And it's got some illustrations in it, even though it's black and white, but yeah, it pulls you in. I love the uh, large type font, too, as well. Yeah, and his actual name is Merlin Montgomery. Okay. And he has a little sister who is all up in his business all the time, <laughs> thinks she knows what she's doing, and he's the older brother, and he's mm-hmm. like, what are you thinking? So, I have not read these yet, but mm-hmm. I plan on it, and on the back here, it says it's complete with science activities and vocabulary building fun. So it's targeted for reluctant readers and also for parents who want their readers at home to build on their vocabulary to Mm -hmm. kind of also and just to see themselves or other people who may not look like them. I need to look for some more of those then. I don't know if they've come out with more. I asked you for these two and these were the only two I knew. I got the free, I got a free copy of one of these, but it was an ebook and I was like, Nicole, we need these on the shelf. So you, I'll look again and see. Did you get the author with those? Oh, I'm sorry. They're by Matt Max. So Matt Max is the name that these two women write under. Okay. And it's in my juvenile fiction section and it's just. Big Monty and the Lunatic Lunch Lady and Big Monty and the Cyborg Substitute by Matt Max. Two T's, two X's. So, so cool. And at the very back, yep, it has those. Science it gives things. you a science experience to make food monster slobber for the Lunatic Lunch Lady. <laughs> food monster slobber. I think they're worthwhile. I'm going to definitely, it's on my to-read list for okay. sure. So, I like those. I really do. I like that it's a larger type font. I just like just the color on the front. I can picture Monty in my head if I was reading it. Even if they hadn't put the pictures inside the book, I still would have had his his picture in my head. <laughs> I love his facial expressions because both, on both covers, he just looks like, what have I gotten myself into <laughs> and how did I get here? And his little sister is off to the side looking like, oh, I'm finna tell. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. But my second one. Uh-oh. I'm the cover Ooh, for me. Y'all, she got him uh, marked with little tabs and I everything. Because I go. want you to see. This this one. Okay, it's new to us. It's a 2019 as well. And I put this on the list for you to buy because I'd seen so many, like, the children's book world would not stop talking about this book. And I'm okay. like, okay, what's happening? 
well, I've never heard of this author, this this writer before. Okay. And I'm so mad at myself. Like, what what <laughs> rock have I been living under? Because he's a Newbery Medal honoree. Oh. He's received, and I quote, countless Coretta Scott King Awards and honors, oh. as well as the Coretta Scott King Virginia Hamilton Lifetime Scholar, or Lifetime Achievement Award, a two-time Fulbright Scholar. He was a professor emeritus at Dartmouth until 2008, when wow. he was just like, I'm going to retire now. And then he travels to Kenya to help build libraries. And he is the very first black creator ever to both write and illustrate a book for children. Wow. And I'm just like, what am I doing? So, this is his autobiography about his time in World War II. This man is still kicking at 97 years old. Hey, go ahead now. This is Infinite Hope, a black artist's journey from World War II to peace by Ashley Bryan. And, Nicole, this thing is legit set up like the grooviest scrapbook I've ever seen. And I just want to be this creative, but I can't. I know, right? And I got a tab because, it's Show me, show me, show me. I want to go build libraries in Kenya. I really do. So, it each page has like images, some drawings that he's done. Mm -hmm. All of the artwork is by him. And it has like transcribed, like anytime... He's he's written letters. They take his letters, they put them on the page, and then they transcribe them for you. Okay. This is in my juvenile nonfiction as well in the 700s, I believe, 741.6. So this one, he's on this page specifically, he's talking about how before he got drafted into World War II, he was applying to art colleges in New York. So he's from New York. He okay. hadn't really experienced any, in his words, he, he hadn't really experienced any real segregation or racism Mm -hmm. even though he grew up in the 1940s like he grew Mm -hmm. up in north all his schools were integrated he was just too busy he consistently says throughout this book he's too busy drawing to Mm -hmm. notice anything and he's talking about he didn't really realize how that would impact him until he started trying to apply to art schools and they would turn him down because of his skin color Mm -hmm. and then you know his teachers were so supportive of his art and Mm -hmm. you know he was like my teachers were all white but they didn't care they were just trying to get my art seen Mm -hmm. so after they found out that he was rejected it says my high school art teachers were as surprised as I was to hear this when he wasn't given a scholarship Mm. because of his skin color and he says so when I graduated in January of 1940 they said Ashley come back and help us with the senior yearbook in the summer take the exam for the Cooper Union They do not see you there. I learned that what they meant was that Cooper Union administered its scholarships in a blind test. You put your work, sculpture, drawing, and architecture exercises on a tray, and it alone was judged by the art professors. They never saw you. If you met the requirements, tuition was free. Wow. And he got in. Hey! The next page, he's been drafted into the war. Mm. And on this page, you see some letters that he's written. So that's his handwriting Mm. up here. Okay. They've transcribed it on this page for you so you can read it. Okay. This is a drawing of some of the children he's talking about. And these are some of the individual children. But he was talking about how he was assigned guard duty Mm -hmm. in Boston after he got drafted. And he... (laughs) <laughs> he made friends with these kids and he was like bringing crayons to the mm. uh to guard duty so that they could color with him and he could show them how to do artwork oh, and wow. he said he bought them sodas he he kept in touch with them after he left like they'd mm. write letters to each other 
And at the very end, he said, I know I violated every rule of the post. Walk in a military manner, no meaningless chatter, but they were my friends and I was prepared for whatever the consequences. They made the guard duty post a joy. Aww. And I just thought that was so sweet. Yeah. He's always had a heart for kids. So yeah. I think that really plays out here. And then this page. <gasps> oh, pretty. Right. I love looking at old letters and old handwriting. Yeah. So it's some of his old letters have been scanned on the page. Some of his old Between drawing. Between him and the, the kids. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so this one. One of the little boys says, I wish you came back. We had lots of fun with you. White soldiers have come acro- over across where you were, but I like you better than every one of them. Aww. And he's talking throughout this time that he's assigned to be a winch operator. He's like, mm-hmm. I don't even know what a winch is. Right. <laughs> like, I don't know how I got so high up. I w- he was actually assigned a command post, like the highest command you could be as a black soldier. And he talks about how he doesn't know how he got it. And every time he was working and they'd ask him to operate the winch, he'd be reading poetry, mm. he'd be drawing, he'd be doing something to the point where his his uh, battalion mates would just be like, no, I got it. Just stay there. <laughs> and at the very, I was looking at the back to kind of see what the back says, because there's always information in the back. Right. And at the very back of his author's note, it's, called expressing gratitude instead of an author's note Mm -hmm. and it says the very last sentence is finally i am forever humbled by the courage and strength of my 502nd battalion mates who told me time and time again let us do that ashley you go and draw Uh, oh so artistic and always had his head in a book or a you know and it, it really communicates to me how he used his art as an unintentional way of resistance Mm -hmm. they go over to scotland Mm -hmm. and he was like scotland didn't have racism so we were treated better there than we were back home and he's saying how you know even the white soldiers who are with us in scotland try to perpetrate rumors that we were had poor character they try to say that we were had bad bad reputations that we Mm -hmm. had tales that would come out at night Uh, like really perpetrating (laughs) some pretty bad racist Right. Uh, stories about them and he was like the scottish people didn't care like they didn't care <laughs> yeah and so he talks about how they got stationed in scotland and he would go he found actually the glasgow school of art he found mm. out that was in the center of this they were in glasgow so mm-hmm. it was in the center of the city and he was like i want to go there mm. and i want to take the art classes while i can well he goes to his battalion commander and his battalion's commander's like this is war shut up and go back to your job well, then he goes over his battalion commander's head and goes to Colonel James Pierce. And the colonel is like, okay, well, so actually, no, his company officer is who he went to first. Oh, okay. And then the battalion commander is Colonel James Pierce. And the battalion commander is like, I'm fine with it. Yeah. And so this commander actually also allowed some musicians mm-hmm. to start a band because he appreciated the arts and he was like, whatever can keep your morale up, dude. Yeah. So he let him go to the Glasgow School of Art and he ended up taking some classes there and he oh, made wow. friends there. And I, oh, that's as far wow. as I've gotten in this book myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still reading it. But yeah. just the. Oh, there's so much here. Somebody please come and give this book some love. It is yes. so cool. Especially if you if you know some young people who are interested in drawing and they need to see the just how people 
just push through. You're going to probably have to edit it. No, you're fine. Because I was just, you know, I just think tongue-tied he about. He uses his art as a way to cope, for sure. I think yeah. that's what you're trying to say. Maybe. Yeah. And, and we need inspiring illustrators and, and things now. Like, I'm constantly telling Markayla to just keep drawing. Don't give up. Even though she's barely used her Christmas present that she got, the, the drawing board, I just, baby, keep drawing. <laughs> That's usually what I tend to say. I just think it is so, I even think, even if you don't have a child who's into drawing, but you have, I think this is a really good correlation to any kid who loves the I Survived books. Mm, okay. Because they're talking about historical events that happened, and yeah. the, the, the main point of view is like, I survived this event. He survived World War II as a black soldier and has all the stories to tell about what really happened. And he does tell you the honest truth about what happened. There are some points where he's very honest about, you know, we were, let me see if I can find it here. And not just that, but this is another part of unknown history, black history. Like, I have never heard of him. I I neither. I was so upset. Yeah, parents, if you're looking for some... Not the regular, well-known uh, Black history poignant people, though. Um, you should definitely check this out because I like knowing, learning other stuff, you know. Yes. About other people that I didn't already know about. Well, and he talks um, a little bit about the conditions. I'm sure he'll get more into it as I go on. Mm-hmm. But there was at one point where he's talking about how bullets were flying past his head. Mm. And he was... You know, some of the men were so scared that they just froze. Wow. And I really wish I could find that page. You know, you can never find it when you're looking for it. <laughs> but as soon as I walk out of here, it's going to be the first page I see. <laughs> um, but, it, and on top of all of this, mm-hmm. he's talking about how he's still being told to operate this winch. He still doesn't <laughs> understand it. And it's a little bit of humor because he's like, I don't get it. I just want to draw, and I want to read my poetry. And then he's just like, my friends are just like, no, just go over there. Just, I got it. I got it, bro. Let me just take care of this because right. you are too. Shout out to them, though, for recognizing that this young man was very involved in the arts and really saw his passion for it and allowed him to continue to take part in it even in the midst of a war, per se, you know. Yeah, he actually mentions that, too, of how, like, his battalion mates saw him do this, and they were like, no, keep doing you. Mm. Like, we all need something to hold on to during this time. Please just keep doing that. And another thing, this, I think I tabbed this page in specifically, was because he's talking about he was painting his sergeant here. Oh, okay, I thought that was him. No, he is, ooh, let me show you where he's at. Let me find that image of him. This is Ashley right here. Look oh, at Swap. Wow. Look at him. Yes. Yeah. right. This is the page. Okay. Today I was baptized by fire. War is hell. This is, and this was only a simulated affair. I had to crawl on my stomach a long distance with machine guns shooting over my head and mines exploding on all sides of me. I wasn't scared at first, but after the mines and bullets started, I was scared as hell. I thought I'd never reach the trenches. Some of the boys were so afraid that they just froze. Mm. I eat more dirt and grass than I ever did. I didn't care. He's talking about, like, mm-hmm. that was just a simulation. Right. Um, but this specific page, I tapped it because he's talking about even as a painter as good as this, mm. he's saying, I just finished painting Joe. 
I'll do some good things of him before this war is over. I could hardly control myself while I was painting him. I felt a mad sort of excitement and happiness. I rubbed the paint, used pencil, dug into the paint, and nothing seemed to be enough. I wanted to scream and toss my hands and bang my head. I wanted to tear up the paper and still have it. I couldn't. Too many soldiers around. I must control myself in my painting. Because <laughs> I feel like everybody has it that point at least once in their life where Mm -hmm. they're going to they want to draw something or Mm -hmm. they want to execute something that they have in their head and they just cannot get it out right that's me right now well and i feel like that's he was breathing life to that um kind of process but so i'm in the middle of infinite hope a black artist journey from world war ii to peace by ashley bryan his autobiography and it really is laid out like a scrapbook there's so much here so cool it's like like sitting down and learning about a grandfather or somebody and just really just flipping through all the things that he had amazing i like that so those are my new books those are your new books Mm -hmm. okay Um, i know i talked a long time about that i'm sorry but that's all right uh, so good that's why i went first (laughs) (laughs) to give you more time yes well now we're gonna go ahead and move on to what we recommend and i've got some recs i'm gonna dig a little further back in 2018 um the first one that i want to suggest is one that i was anticipating just from the cover alone children of blood and bone legacy of orisha by tomi adayemi when i saw that what why are you smiling like that because we have it we have a we have a about this series together oh gosh i loved this book and my review says it all this book was breathtaking in fact i gave it five full stars Mm. like i probably would have gave it 10 if they had allowed it on goodreads but this book was breathtaking from the start i found that i never ever wanted to put it down to do anything of importance because i seriously just wanted to exist in orisha Every chapter was a new episode. Every page conjured up an inner thrill to keep turning. Every sentence bloomed with imagination and a creativity that made your mind's eye to awaken from slumber. I cannot say enough good things about this book and how I am so looking forward to the continuance of Zeely's journey in the next one as well as the movie. I hope they're working on it. I promise it. But this wonder of a read deserves all the five stars and then some. It was the most... Like literally those, this book was the one that would have me up late at night knowing I've got to get up and go to work, but I just, I had to keep reading. I had to keep reading. I binged that book as well. I sat there and probably read like, I I think I binged it in two sittings. I read Mm -hmm. the first half and then I read the second half. Such a great book. Like for instance, it was so good that I went out and bought a second copy when she had those copies that came out where you could choose your, your Magi. Really? Because According to the, so, the, she had a little test. That get she, into get into tell tell our listeners. Oh, okay. About what is the, uh, what the book's about? Yes. Have I did I say I said the author didn't I? Yeah, you said the author, but you didn't say what the book was about. <laughs> you were like, I'm it's sorry. so amazing. I'm sorry, I got excited, y'all. I I was. I'm sorry. It's a YA book, and it is. It's about. Gosh, how do I? How do I explain it? It is, it's fiction. It's about magic. So it's about the children of the Magi. <laughs> yes, the children of the Magi. Zeli is is a young girl who magic has been taken away from their community, their their entire country, and she 
is in a place where she can actually learn her magic. And mm-hmm. she knows that her mother used to be able to wield magic. I'm not sure. Was her father able to wield magic? I don't ever remember hearing anything about him doing that. I don't that. think so. But she finds, she comes into contact with her own magic and she's got to save just her people and everybody. And she just comes into contact with people who are kind of along the same lines and want to help. Now, you add on, because... <laughs> well, so, in Zeely's world, magic has belonged to this specific set of people. Mm-hmm. And what happened was the king of that kingdom, of Arisha, has pretty much persecuted them into extinction, almost. That's right. And everybody who has this magical lineage, generally, is they have white hair. And... uh it's it's really stark and mm-hmm. you can't like just hide it you know mm-hmm. and so that's part of how the king has been able to exterminate them and Zeely actually becomes a force of worth reckoning uh against and a real threat to the kingdom in the eyes of the king and there's a lot there but basically she is on this journey to kind of rediscover her magic rediscover her roots back to her mother and back mm-hmm. to how magic began and what the source of their magic is. And right. the, it's, oh, it's so good in the sense that it gives me weirdly enough. Like, I know this is a, may sound like a weird parallel to you because you've read it, mm-hmm. but it gives me like Pirates of the Caribbean vibes. Right. Cause right. you're like, they have, uh, they, her original. So you get a map in the front of the yes. book, but in her very, <gasps> like where she starts out, they're in a fishing village. Mm-hmm. They're on these docks in my head. I don't know right. if there were ever actually docks, in right. there, but I'm just seeing them on docks. And then like the, the water's exploding as right. action. Pat, tap it. It, it literally is so page turning. You can't put it down. Like but. literally I could not put this book down. It was, it was amazing. Yeah, it was really um, amazing. but just to add that last little part about Zeely and, and what she's going through in this book, it says, yet the greatest danger may be Zeely herself as she struggles to control her powers and her growing feelings for an enemy. See, so, but the romance in that to me wasn't like, it's more action adventure sci-fi it is, to me. It is. Like that romance is that little salt-based sprinkle on right. top. But it's not like overwhelming. Yeah, so no, it's not a, overwhelming at all. If you have a YA reader, like a, a boy would actually, I think a boy would get into this I think this he would get into this too. Because it wasn't overpowering. Like No, and at the end, a plot twist happens to where you're like, well, snap, who even cares about the romance? Right. You know, like, right. what's happening in the second book? And then the second book picks up the arc, but it doesn't, to me, it's still not, it's yeah. like a little salt sprinkle on your caramel sundae, but yeah. it's not, like, overwhelming. Exactly. So. I but, made a lot of weird <laughs> metaphors there. <laughs> that's okay. But awesome book. And the second one, Children of Virtue and Vengeance, was just as good. And I could not put it down. I just, oh, gosh. But what I was saying to you about the, the book, other books she was able to put out, mm-hmm. she had this test that you could take okay. to find out which Magi tribe you were or clan that you belonged to. Yeah. And it, I was a seeker. Ooh. Mom, I hope you're not listening because she, oh, my gosh, are you doing this? No, mother. But like <laughs> I said, I told you I had really been into magic and liked reading about witches and things like that so mm-hmm. this was one of those that i just really just fell deep into oh. so i got her extra book that's the children of blood and bone but it was in the colors of the seeker magi 
clan and it's got this gorgeous poster in it it's got some notes that she had done that's at the back of the book that she mm. you know started as she began to create the story girl yes i was <laughs> hooked so that was children of blood and bone first volumes of the legacy of orisha by tomi adayemi and it was amazing all right and then the second one i want to recommend is a beverly jenkins one girl and say it ain't so it is beverly jenkins her historical romance mm. is really good in her historical romance fiction they are in power in some way shape or form it's not that kind of mm-hmm. party i guess you could say for lack of yeah. a better phrase so this one is called Rebel, and it's a part of the Women Who Dare series by oh. Beverly Jenkins. All right, so let me tell you what the book is about. And I love <laughs> I love the fact that the the lady in this one, she, you know, she's always creating a heroine who is just just she's 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 good. As in, every woman is like got their own personality mm-hmm. and are, you know, the Spitfire ones. You know, those are the ones I told you I like where they're kind of like in some ways playing hard to get or I really don't need a man. Mm-hmm. Um, you can just be here for decoration kind of thing. <laughs> That's how it was. So this particular lady's name is Valinda Lacey and she is in New Orleans and she's trying to get her community to just survive and flourish. But gaining that kind of freedom can also mean a lot of danger. And she's a school teacher. And who comes into her life but Captain Drake Levesque? Woo! Oh my God. And if y'all see the cover picture of him on here, let me see. He's so fine. Oh my goodness. <laughs> His abs got abs. Right? And he's so. Uh, let me let me Girl, just look I, see, I know you had to take a second look. <laughs> when I say Captain Drake, he tries to come in and, you know, not necessarily sweep her off her feet, but he recognizes that she needs some form of perfect of protection because she's in the middle of trying to keep her school running, you know, teach black people to be able to read. She's teaching everybody. And of course, you know, back in this time period, black people weren't allowed to really be able to read. And so Drake comes in and just basically tells her, you know, you really need somebody to protect you. And he, you know, is around at all the right times to just save her in the nick of time. Mm. And they fall in love. And yes, ma'am. So let me read y'all my review. Okay. My review said, and I gave this one full five stars. Oh, okay. Okay. This is the first time in a long time that I've read anything by Miss Jenkins. I'm glad I picked this up, and I'll admit I did because of the scrumptious chocolate man on the cover representing Captain Drake Levesque. Insert major drool. (laughs) Besides the cover art, I have to say I was just as thrilled to read about Belinda being a little rebel. Her portrayal made me clutch my own inner rebel, shake her, and tell her to stand up more for things I want. The love scenes were so tender, sweet, and romantic. Lastly, I appreciated the history Miss Jenkins added here and there about New Orleans and the freed men. It wasn't overwhelming at all, but added needed substance to the overall movement of the storyline. All I can finish with is a deep sigh of satisfaction. 
because this was a truly beautiful read. And if you're like me who reads in color, dreams in color, Mm -hmm. with faces and everything, child, reading this and looking at Drake LeVette... In all go, of my visions, he's he has no shirt off. <laughs> so what you're telling me is you had to put this book down, go fan yourself for a minute. What? Walk away and just be like, mm-hmm. let's bring it back down, Nicole. You're getting too excited. Child, I tried not to read it at night. For, <laughs> for I to, had when to be I, in the daylight in front of people to calm yourself. Keep yourself child, chill. Yes. So again, this was Rebel, a part of the Women Who Dare series. Uh, This was the first one, and it's by Beverly Jenkins. So, on the other end of the spectrum, (laughs) I have a great juvenile read for a good middle grade boy. (laughs) I should have put the the spicy one first. (laughs) Leading in from spicy to children's books is like, it makes you cringe a little bit, doesn't it? (laughs) Well, I could go to the other one, but they're both children. I just feel like the you got two reactions <laughs> to those kinds of books. You're either on Nicole's spectrum or you're on the middle grade boy spectrum. We're right. Like, Ew. <laughs> <laughs> right. So this is uh, my read and re- one of my read and recommended. Uh, this is Ghetto Cowboy, a novel by Jean Neary. It's actually a Horace Mann Upstanders Book Award winner. So if your little man or little girl loves Little Nas X. <laughs> Right. Check this out. It is. It's kind of that beautiful put that connection right. together. Book the front cover alone is just gorgeous with this beautiful black horse. I love horses. Mm-hmm. I would love to learn how to even ride a horse. But ugh. so Cole beautiful. Cole has been stirring up some trouble and his mom is finally like, Child, you know what? Since you don't listen to me, I'm gonna send you home or I'm gonna send you to Philly and you can go live with your dad. Mm. Well, Cole's dad is a part of an organization that helps inner city kids kind of stay away from drugs and that mm-hmm. kind of thing by getting them involved with a horse stable mm. in inner city Philadelphia. Wow. So, we got inner city Philly mm-hmm. and horses. Mm-hmm. We got ghetto cowboy. Hey, hey. Um, and so, I just wanted to read the a page because i feel like i it does it so much better than i could ever explain it so okay um this is right as cole gets to his dad's and he doesn't call his dad dad like they don't they're not you know his dad would bounced when he was a kid and he was not happy to go to his dad he this was not a trip cole wanted to make okay this is something mama forced him to do and he's (laughs) po'd so I peek inside the hole, but it's dark because all the windows is boarded up. But man, it really smells like animals in there. Suddenly, something big moves in the dark, and I jump back. That's lightning, says Harper. My eyes adjust to a pair of dark eyes staring back at me. It's a horse. He got a horse in the house. (laughs) No wonder Mama left him. Just temporary accommodations until I fix his stall. One of the stable walls kind of fell in last month. Lucky for me, next door's been boarded up for a while. Won't nobody u- mind if I'm using it. Now I've seen everything, I think. <laughs> Harper must see my eyes bugging out because he smirks and says, Welcome to Philly, boy. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's, it's a really good story about how Cole ends up kind of finding a way to communicate his own 
his own voice and stand up for what he believes in and get around some of the anger issues he has yeah. and, and just the illustrations, <gasps> man. Some of these oh, illustrations are... Oh, cool. You got double page. I want to say they're in pencil. I don't know if this one will have what the illustrations are in. <laughs> it does. Yeah. The illustrations were done in pencil, ink, and acrylic. Okay. Um. So they're not in every page. It is a higher level chapter book. I would yeah. say fifth, fourth, high level fourth, fifth, Mm-hmm. All the way up to middle grades. Love it. That's Harper there. Mm-hmm. And so he it's it's a you know, look at mama. She mm-hmm. mad. She is mad. She fed up. She fed up. And Hand like, on the forehead. Right. Drive driving. <laughs> yeah. So it's about Cole discovering himself but also re uh connecting with his dad, learning about how to be a black man who can be in his own skin and be very comfortable. Yeah. And so that is Ghetto Cowboy by Jeanery. Love that. And then my other one is a nonfiction, and it's Little Leaders, Bold Women, and Black History. And these little cute little women. Look Aren't they cute? They're so cute. I just want to I love that series, though. Just right? all of the books that they make. And I'm recommending this one because I actually sat down and read all of it, and it introduced me to a lot of women that I don't see a lot in the mainstream of right. black history uh, right. figures. And so it just goes through. It is by Vashti Harrison, and it gives you a double-page spread of women that you should know who mm. were helpful in creating some great black history moments. So, okay. for example, you open with Phyllis Wheatley, circa mm. 1753 to 1784. She was a poet. And on one side, it's a huge illustration of Phyllis and her cute little quill and book. Mm-hmm. And she's just standing there with the little bonnet on. Mm-hmm. And she's so, so cute. I can't so handle cute. it. So cute. And if you hate my voice right now, I do too. But I can't help it. It's so <laughs> cute. And then on the left side, it's, you know, an right. explanation about, of course, you have Sojourner Truth. Yeah. Harriet Tubman. Yeah. Rebecca Lee Crumpler. Never heard of her. She was a physician. Really? Yeah. From 1831 to 1895. Okay. Uh, we have Mary Bowser, circa 1840s. She was a Civil War spy. What? Uh-huh. Mary Eliza Mahoney, from 1845 to 1926. Charlotte E. Ray. I never heard of any of these ladies. I haven't either. Ida B. Wells. I heard of her. Yeah. Laura Neal Harrison. Yep. Alma Woodsy Thomas. Never heard of her. Never heard of her. Alice Ball. Chemist, medical researcher. Never heard of her. Of course, Bessie Coleman. Oh, I heard, I heard of Bessie her. Coleman. Yep. Augusta Savage, educator, sculptor. I've never heard of her. Uh, see, look. Mm-hmm. Marion Anderson. Girl, let me take. Singer. Wait, let me. T- I know about Marion. I had to do a paper. You, uh, <laughs> oh, when I was you know in, when I was in middle. Let me tell you. I claim she was my. She was kin to me. My my maiden name is Anderson. Oh, okay. And I was like, that's she's kin to. I'm kin to her. Yep, I sure did. That, that's part of my family. <laughs> you got Josephine Baker. Oh, she is so cute with this boa she, on her. Oh, yeah, she's so got like cute. the 1920s uh, Betty Boop hairstyle. On right. This. Yeah. Mahalia Jackson yep. was a gospel singer. You got Rosa Parks. You got Gwendolyn Brooks, yep. writer, she poet. Books. Ella Fitzgerald. Yep. Mamie Phillips Clark. Never heard of her. Social really? physio- uh, psychologist. Mm-hmm. Counselor. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then Katherine Johnson. Johnson. Mm-hmm. This was written before she passed away. Yeah. Shirley Chisholm. Mm-hmm. I, I, I say Chisholm in my head. Oh, Chisholm. Chisholm. We going through them all, people. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but Maya mm-hmm. Angelou. Michelle Nichols. Nichols. Yeah, and she just passed away over the weekend. And she's in her little Star Wars outfit. 
Star Trek. Star. <laughs> you know what I meant. Yeah. Look, I done said how I feel about the Star Wars, Star Trek. Oh, I love their Nina Simone depiction. I think she's the only one sitting down. Oh, God. She may be one of the she only ones so sitting gorgeous down. In that. Audrey Lord. Yeah. Who else? We got we got Raven Wilkinson as a ballerina. No, I didn't hear about her. My girl Wilma. No. Well, in the house. <laughs> yeah. Look at her running with her mm-hmm. head held high. Hi. Yes. Hi. Marcelite Harris. I've never heard of her. An Air Force General. Mm-hmm. Angela Davis. Yes, ma'am. Look at that afro. Oh, and She's speaking so of that, in a previous episode, I mispronounced her. I'm sorry. Michaela Angela Davis. Okay. And, yeah. Yeah, I think. I mispronounced her name. I said Michaela mm-hmm. in a previous episode, so I want to make sure I change that. It's Michaela Angela Davis. Okay. We got Octavia Butler. Yep. Julie Dash is a filmmaker. Look at her no. hair. Yeah. I've never heard of her. Ruby Bridges, of course. Yes. Oprah Winfrey. Yes. They did a great depiction of her. Mm-hmm. It, it looks just like her. It really does. And then Gwen Ifill. Yeah, journalist. A journalist. Okay. We got Dr. Mae Jemison. Miss Jemison. Florence Joyner. Yes, Florence Joyner. Lorna Simpson. She was a photographer. Uh, she I, didn't, I hadn't heard about her. Lorna. Uh, yeah, Lorna, Lorna Simpson. Simpson. I've never heard of her. She began her career as a documentary photographer. Mm, cool. She In 1990, she became the first African-American woman to exhibit at the biggest international arts festival. Wow. The, the Venice Biennale. Biennale? Hmm. And then we got Dominique Davis. Dawes. D- Dawes. I'm sorry. When I say oh. I loved Dominique Dawes growing up, like, I knew I wasn't going to be able to <laughs> do all that gymnast stuff, but girl. And then it gives you little, like, further ones in the mm-hmm. back that aren't, I don't think they have their own pages, but. Yeah. Carrie Mae Weems. Venus Williams and Serena Williams. So cute. I love that they did their hair differently. Yeah. Like, I feel like. That's something important to me. I don't know yeah. why, but it is. Simone Manuel. Misty Copeland's on there. Gabby yeah. Douglas. And we got Alice Walker up there. Yeah. Lorraine Hansberry. Yeah, See, just never... cute. Those are so cute. So, yeah. Um, and it gives you in the back further places to go if mm-hmm. you want to learn more about some of the contributions these women have made. It even gives you the recordings to look up for Nina Simone, Ella Fitzgerald. Yeah. Um, some of the films and TV that you could look up that some of these women have had uh, a hand in helping to make mm-hmm. and then just recommended books by the women so yeah. it gives you sojourner truth's books or anil herson's books my on angelo's books all kinds of things so yeah. that was little leaders bold women in black history and that's in the juvenile 900 section mm-hmm. love it great pics a cute little girl they are so cute oh. and it. i love that their eyes are closed so that you really have to just rec- just feel the regalness coming off the page not by looking in their eyes right they all look so calm and like i don't know yeah i get i get it yeah so well wow this was a great episode we're not done you got to do a non-book rec we're not dropping the non-book recs nicole we ain't done one for the past two weeks girl oh okay well here i'll go ahead and say what i'm doing so I have downloaded recently an app to send me some motivation through the day, and it's called Mindful, and I really, really love it. 
Mm-hmm. It starts every motivation off with take a deep breath. Mm-hmm. Then it gives you your motivation. And then it gives you a, a smile. It tells you to smile. And it's got a smiley face. Mm-hmm. And I love it. And it literally comes in on time every day at 3 o'clock. And usually it's exactly what I need at that moment. Like, for instance, it was really funny. The day that I failed, y'all remember the hop along <laughs> episode? Yeah. I, at three o'clock that afternoon, it came in and it said, you are not broken. I was like, <laughs> come through, mindful. I love it. Because <laughs> I was at the You were literally office. not broken. I was literally not broken. I was trying my best. We had gone to the, to the doctor's office just to make sure my foot wasn't broken. I love it. So, that's yeah, great. that's mindful. Or, I'm sorry, it's hashtag mindful. It's got a cute little blue smiley face oh, on it. It's like the little girls. Yeah, little it's super cute. That is But cute. um, it's just enough. It's not long-winded. I just like that it tells me and reminds me to take a deep breath. Mm-hmm. And I do it every time. Because when it comes in, it comes in slowly. It, it It's like a transition. Mm-hmm. It comes in, take a deep breath. Then it comes in with your quote or your words. And then it comes in later with smile. Like So it's like a three-step process. Okay. So I like it. Mm-hmm. I like cool. it. Well, mine is an Instagram account. Okay. Um, it is called Black Coffee with White Friends. And it's... A writer, she started the Instagram account just to help. I want to say is more like I originally started following it because Catherine, our your my your, assistant, your assistant, amazing uh, assistant, our technical assistant, follows them. And I'm doing it now. And she, she's a what is the writer's name? I feel so bad for not. Uh, Marcy Alvis Walker. Marcy Alvis Walker. She writes posts. For, I remember one post. She's just. It's her factual experience of being a black person. Okay. And it's just another way for, I think it's, I mean, it's targeted towards white people. And I think it's Mm -hmm. a great way to just get another perspective, Mm -hmm. add a little bit of, what's the word? Intentionality into your social media feed. Yeah. Um, So that is just something that I really benefited from following in the past year. Okay. It just gives you a perspective and usually it has... If you're looking for something and you're like, you want to see somebody's viewpoint, but because I feel like a lot of, this is just my impression, a lot mm-hmm. of white people want to go to a person of color, regardless of whether they're Asian, black, um, Hispanic, whatever. They want to ask them, well, what should I do? Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's not on people of color to educate white people about how to be a better white person. Mm-hmm. We should do that ourselves. <laughs> uh, right. So, and this has just been one tool that has helped me right. to be a better white person. So, yeah. well, I'm into being a better white person. <laughs> <laughs> but kudos to you uh, for wanting to learn. You know, we need more people to be able to see that that's the best way to be able to accept everybody is to just learn more about them. And I mean, there are people, I will say, as a white person, if you're looking for people of color to tell you what to do, there's never going to be a right or wrong. It depends on the person. Right. But also, there are people out there who do have accounts like this, have whole entire platforms dedicated to allyship, helping people learn Mm -hmm. how to be a better ally. So... Just don't go up to the next person you see and ask them, hey, how do I be less of this or how do I do... Like, there are platforms, there are accounts you can definitely follow if it's for a year, if it's for the rest of the time you have a social media account, or if it's for a week. 
it yeah. you can learn something from it. So for sure. And I think we've provided some really great reads, starters for you all to just I mean, both fiction and nonfiction mm-hmm. that you all can get into and really just educate yourself or just immerse yourself, your children, your family in fiction books that look like people of color. Yeah. I, I've enjoyed just us picking some really great reads, both fiction and nonfiction. Yeah. I've I've enjoyed it. And maybe it's just me. You can totally correct me, mm-hmm. but I feel like sometimes it doesn't have to be so intentional. I think that's the joy of fiction is mm-hmm. that you can read a fiction book about somebody who doesn't look like you and you're not you're not consciously doing a lot of social work there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you are at the same time. Your yeah. subconscious is taking that experience in and yeah. seeing that. Because even I've uh, delved into other people of color. I am just really immersed into the Indian culture. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I have a very favorite author. I can't even think of her name. It's not uh, It's not coming to me right now. But one of the very first book I read of hers was When Dimple Met Rishi. Mm-hmm. When I say I loved it, and I've loved every single book she's put out. Um, they're rom- That's a great uh, teen rom coms. Yeah, she does teen rom coms, mm-hmm. and I just love them. But I love being able to learn about the Indian culture. And when I say just reading some of the things that they say, that pulls out the colors mm-hmm. that they, you know, oh, I they're just so color, 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 color. I just love it. So I mean, you know, that's how I get my. My understanding of that particular culture is by reading the teen rom-com. So, but anywho, this was a, like I said, the last last episode for our Black History. Hope y'all are still listening with us. We're still having a whole lot of fun. I think so. And we're going to start off, gosh, it's almost March. Oh, it'll hear you. (laughs) (laughs) Don't tell anybody. But we thank y'all for listening and coming back each and every week. Give us a lot of comments. We love hearing from you all. So keep it up. And we hope to see you next week. See ya. See ya.